Do you like free stuff? I do. BlueprintMCAT.com. Go sign up for a free account. Get access to Blueprint MCAT's Diagnostic, Blueprint MCAT's Full Length One, Blueprint MCAT's amazing brand new space repetition platform with over 1,600 flashcards already made for you, as well as their amazing study planner tool. Schedule out the content so you know if you are on track to take the MCAT when you need to. Again, that's blueprintmcat.com for all of those free goodies. The MCAT Podcast, session number 177. A collaboration between the medical school headquarters and Blueprint MCAT. The MCAT Podcast is free MCAT prep to help you understand the MCAT, teach you how to break down questions, and give you the skills and confidence to get the score you want on your MCAT test day. Learn more about Blueprint MCAT at blueprintprep.com slash MCAT. A collaboration between the medical school headquarters and Next Step Test Prep, the MCAT podcast is here to make sure you have the information you need to succeed on your MCAT test day. We all know that the MCAT is one of the biggest hurdles you'll face as a pre-med, and we're here to give you the motivation and information that you need to know to help get you the score you deserve so you can one day call yourself a physician. Welcome to the MCAT Podcast. My name is Dr. Ryan Gray, your host here every week. As always, I'm joined by Phil from Next Step Test Prep, the premier place to get your full-length Next Step, your full-length MCAT exams. Go to nextsteptestprep.com and you can save 10% on those full-length exams by using the promo code MCATPOD, that's all capital letters, M-C-A-T-P-O-D at nextsteptestprep.com. We're continuing our AAMC MCAT outline breakdown in this episode. Bill, back for some more MCAT podcasts. How are you today? Doing good, doing good. Doing well, doing great, doing amazing. Uh, yeah, no, yeah. I'm doing good and doing well. Doing, I'm, uh, uh, making making the world a better place, and I'm I'm good at it. So I'm, do, I'm doing well at it. Doing well, good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, doing well at doing good. Nice, I uh, like it. Um, double AMC outline, psych sosh, continuing yeah. the uh, torture. I mean, uh, very enthusiastic <laughs> fun that uh, that this is. Uh, as I'm staring at uh, the content category nine B. It looks like we're getting close to the end, the last few pages. So I'm excited for that. Yeah, very close to the end. A lot of times as these, like the the tail end of this this document, I feel like things get easier. Um, it's kind of surprising, like after like 7A, which is only like four sections into it, I kind of see that as like the halfway point in terms of difficulty. Because after that, you start to get into more of the sociology stuff, into things that people feel like they've got a good general grasp on like what it means like genders and like marriage and divorce like you guys have heard of these things this is not these are not new terms for you for the most part so um the tail end of this gets a little bit easier and we're on the tail end of the tail end so we're we're gonna focus in on the hardest of the hard um the rest of the stuff should be fairly straightforward but you do want to still make sure that you're going through it all righty let's uh let's rock and roll what do we got for us in 9b yeah, so we have some big population stuff. So kind of like zooming out, looking at the the populations in general. Um, one of the first things here is Malthusian theory. And so the Malthusian theory is the idea that populations are going to keep going up and up and up 
and we're going to overpopulate the world and then everyone's going to die. It's a very happy theory that we have there, um, named after the Malthusian of um, of the Bible, of long, long livedness. Um, and so just the idea that if everyone is living a lot longer and everyone's having more kids, the population is going to spike and we're not going to have enough room. And this was a pretty common theory. It's one that we've kind of like accepted is probably not true mm-hmm. at this point. Um, as a as a society ages and gets bigger, you have smaller families. Um, and so like your parents probably had less kids than your grandparents did and their grandparents. Um, I know I'm kind of in the Midwest here. And so maybe a little bit more provincial than, um, you know, people on the coasts, but like my grandmother was one of 11 children. And then my mom was one of nine children. And then I was one of four and I'm going to have less than four children. <laughs> and so like the like the 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 population kind of like seemed like it was going to be growing and exploding a lot, like if those rates continued, but they don't. They tend to taper off. And so this is why you see very stable populations in a lot of um like very industrialized cities and and countries that have, you know, kind of like stabilized over time. So the, the Malthusian theory is just this idea of this like sharp exponential increase in population. And you do still see population growth on some of the less um, kind of like normalized uh, industrial places, you know, first world countries. But um, that tends to taper off as you go through this. And this actually is like leading to another theory, which is the demographic transition model, of which course. is looking at how, yeah, of course, <laughs> of course, it's a great, tra- great transition. <laughs> well, yeah. well, the demographic transition model was kind of explaining why the Malthusian theory was incorrect. Mm. And so at first in like a pre-industrial society, there's like, everyone's having a lot of kids, but everyone's dying also. And so there's a lot of, there's a high fertility and a high mortality rate. And so I always think of like, you know, the like turn of, you know, like the advent of America and founding fathers. And it's like somebody with like a farm and I need help running the farm. So I'm going to have 15 kids and 12 of them are probably going to die just because that's how it works. Um, and so, but the other three that are surviving will help me kind of like run the farm. And so this is the the kind of like early, like stage one of a society. Um, it's like pre-industrialized. You have like very high fertility and very high mortality rates. But as society advances, all of a sudden people die less because you have better medicine. You have better like, you know, like resources like people aren't starving um in philadelphia as you know in like benjamin franklin's time there wasn't a lot of like starvation right and so there as the resources got kind of better like the the mortality rate starts to drop off the fertility rate still stays high for a while and so you know i, I was one of those three kids that my, my dad had you know he had 15 kids and just three of us survived but and so i want to run the farm now and so i'm going to have 15 kids but oh crap like two of them died and so now i've got 13 children right and i'm like really overwhelmed and so there's this sharp increase in population when a society gets to this stage where the mortality rate starts to drop off a little bit but the fertility rate doesn't necessarily follow and so everyone's still having tons of kids 
but there's there's like less death, um, which in general is good. But like the population spikes, and this is a stage two of a population. So stage one is high mortality and fertility rates. Stage two is the mortality rates dropping, and so we start to see this kind of like spike um, in population starts to really exponentially increase. And so the next generation is going to reach this thing like you know it was really hard for me being one of twelve children, and so I'm going to have less kids, and so. In stage three, the fertility rate drops. And so you start to have less children being born. The mortality rate is still low at this point. Um, I'm starting to kind of like balance off here, but the fertility rate is is dropping. And so as it's dropping, it's still going to be higher than the mortality rate. So in stage three, you still have this like increase in population as the fertility rate is dropping. Um, but you still have this kind of population growth. And then eventually you reach stage four. Stage which four. is <laughs> stage which four is where death yeah yeah <laughs> this is this is like very low fertility and low mortality rate a lot of people would argue that that's where the u.s is in a large part you know everyone has like yeah. two kids right yeah. and that's kind of like japan yeah japan so japan's a very interesting thing um there is a theoretical stage five which japan might be in Ooh. but before we get to stage five, um, so I know that you were um, in the UK recently, mm-hmm. and I know back when, way back in the day, man, this is like 12 years ago now, <laughs> when I was studying abroad, I remember like traveling around in Ireland and just being like, why aren't there more people, right? Like these farms have been here forever. And I just know that like in my neck of the woods in Missouri, like, you know, the populations were still kind of growing. People are building new houses and things like that. The towns are expanding. And like, I don't understand how this, this county, which is older than my country is not overflowing with people. And it's just because the, the fertility rate drops. And so like, we have just kind of like a stable population over time. And it's been that way for a, a while in a lot of Europe, mm-hmm. um, not necessarily in um, the United States. There's a lot of immigration into the United States. And, you know, we still have some some populations that are having very high birth rates. Mm-hmm. But we have kind of very stable stuff. Now, Japan, which we were kind of talking about, is like the theoretic stage five. Stage five was not part of the original like demographic transition model that was brought up. But we we kind of like get into this, like, well, what happens if the fertility rate continues to drop below the mortality rate? Yeah. Um, which is what's happening in Japan. The population is actually shrinking year yeah. over year. Um, and it's really, it's, it's something that the government is very interested and in, like concerned with. I remember reading a newspaper article about how you could put in an application and the government would pay for you to go on a date because people just weren't dating and having kids and things like that. And I'm like, I wish I could just, you know, like send a message, you know, like to my local person, like Senator, like, Hey, you know, I really kind of want to go out for a hamburger and this girl's kind of cute. We pay for it. <laughs> Hook uh, a brother up. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> and so, yeah, they might get my vote more often if they did that. Yep. <laughs> they started paying for my dinners. <laughs> yeah, um, I get paid to use Tinder. Sweet. Yeah, nice, right? Um, that's even better than the free model that dating's in currently. Yep. Um, so, yeah, so stage five is this like theoretic when the fertility rate continues to drop. And note that this is the only stage out of the like five stages where the population overall is decreasing. Mm-hmm. And so in stage one, it's pretty stable because fertility and mortality rates are both sky high. Um, tons of kids, everyone's dying. Um, stage two, less death, 
So the population starts to go up. Stage three, the fertility rate starts to drop, so, but the population is still going up. Stage four, it's starting to stabilize because you have low fertility and mortality rates. Stage five is this question mark of the fertility rate continuing to drop. And now population for the first time is starting to decrease. And so kind of an interesting thing there. Wow. Okay. Yeah, Japan is interesting. I, I know the government there is freaking out because everything is so tied to production, right? GDP and making sure that we're keeping up with a global economic stage. And it's like, um, if we have less people working, we're not going to make as much money. I'm like, <laughs> right. it's okay, people. It's okay. We can regress a little bit. That's a yeah. unhappy medium here. That's why they're all over the robots, right? Like, we, yeah. we don't need people if we're just a nation of robots. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, Japan is very interesting. I remember hearing some, like, somebody talk about, like, if you, like, are asleep at your desk in Japan, it's actually seen as, like, oh, this person's working so hard <laughs> that they have to sleep at the desk. And, like, you, like the first person to leave the office is, like, a failure. And so you're supposed to be wow. there, like, all day and then sleep at your desk and that sort of thing just to wow. kind of, like, show that you're a hard worker. Can't leave before the boss kind of thing. Right, exactly. Wow. Um, yeah. Okay. to the benefits of working from home. Right? <laughs> yes. Um, so the last couple of terms in here are terms that most people are probably familiar with, but I think it's a common point of confusion because it gets a little bit tricky. And those are gentrification versus urban renewal. Mm -hmm. And so I think most people are kind of comfortable with the idea of gentrification. Um, right. I'm going to let you you take take lead on gentrification sure uh so what i know about gentrification is taking an area typically lower income area um usually more disadvantaged people living there and developers coming in and making it pretty pricing out those people that used to live there for other people yeah and so <laughs> it's kind of got this like negative yeah. connotation to it of like, you know, all these people who lived here before now can't afford to live here because their property taxes are going up, their yep. their rents are going up, the the food, they like get rid of Aldi's and put in a Whole Foods and like, I can't afford to eat here. Um, and so you kind of like end up with this displaced population who might have like grown up there and their family grew up there and like their grandparents were from this neck of the woods. Um, so it's got this kind of like negative connotation, but you can also like... Like I said, I think most people are pretty comfortable with that. But then there's urban renewal, which kind of has a positive connotation where you're taking urban areas and fixing them up and making things nicer. And like you see a lot of like, you know, like cities ad advertising like, oh, we're doing a lot of urban renewal. And like, like that definitely doesn't have the same like thing is gentrification, right? Like imagine mm -hmm. like Cincinnati was like, oh, we're doing tons of gentrification. It's great. <laughs> people aren't going to aren't going to agree with that overall. Yeah. Um, so urban renewal, in theory, the difference between the two is gentrification tends to be in a place where there's like a stable population that is living here. And maybe they're not like super rich, but like they're they're making ends meet, like they're they're like living here and it's kind of a, an OK place to live versus urban renewal. You tend to have like, you know, graffiti and crumbling buildings and everything kind of like falling apart. So it's not like stable. It's like declining. Mm -hmm. And it's like this declining population and you come in and then you make it nice. If it's, if it's declining and becoming worse and awful and like dangerous, then, um, and you fix it up, that's urban renewal. If it's just kind of a stable population that you're just kind of like swooping in here and making it like too expensive, then that's going to be more gentrification. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. One, one negative, one positive. 
Okay. Yeah. So the, the connotation is kind of important, but also just kind of like figuring out like what, when is it one and when is it the other is a little bit tricky. Yeah. Now I know I said that was the last thing, but you know, we, we were talking about okay boomer last <laughs> time. And so that made me want to like touch on the idea of a population pyramid, okay. which is looking at how populations change over time. Usually, you know, they, sh- at the bottom of the pyramid, it'll show like how many boys and girls are in this like zero to one age group Mm -hmm. and then up it's like you know one to two and then two to three and then three to four and it kind of like keeps continuing up this way now generally these should look like pyramids because like there's not a lot more 60 year olds born every year but like they people die off and so in general like the the top should be narrower than the bottom which is wider but we don't always see that. There's some like interesting things where you might have some undulation. Um, America's got a very interesting one because of the boomers. Mm-hmm. And so we have this kind of like stable or even maybe declining kind of looking like a pyramid. And then it will like jut out right in this like this generation here um, where the baby boomers are. Um, now, the reason I think I think most people are comfortable with this, but there's also some special terms like if you f- go down about 20 years from the boomers, it kind of bounces out again. And so it's like a, a second like thing. It's not quite as pronounced as the boomers, but it's still there. Um, do you have any idea why that might be? Ryan, just out of curiosity. Um, before the boomers or after the boomers? So after the boomers, like 20 years younger. 20 than years the younger so than kind the of boomers. Like a, Another population kind of like a second, growth. Yeah, it's like 20 to 30 years younger. Interesting. Um, I mean, I can, uh, I can. So it's related to yeah. the boomers. I was going to say, it's just boomers having babies, but. That's exit. Yeah. That's exactly it. So the this giant population in this like certain age group, they all kind of tend to have kids all at the same age. So we call this an echo. So it's the boom and then the echo. there, <laughs> And so it's a, an echoed generation. And so you see this kind of like go out and then kind of like narrow in and then come back out again. And so I'm actually, um, I think, you know, somewhere in that echo range in there personally. And so this is where you see a lot of like millennials overall, you know, his parents are all boomers. Yeah. Okay. Boomers. <laughs> okay. Boomer. <laughs> okay. Yeah. What else? That it? Yeah. I think that's mostly it for, um, six B, six B is a lot. Like I said, you know, we start to get into some of the like simpler things that most people are kind of comfortable with and familiar with. So we'll probably be wrapping up our review of Psych Social, something that we've been working on for months um, in next week's edition. All right. So there you have it. Again, go to nextsteptestprep.com. Use that promo code MCATPOD to save 10% on your full-length purchase. Uh, when students ask, Dr. Ray, what are the best full-length exams that that simulate the real MCAT, the best next step test prep exams always are top of mind because students tell me that they are the best. Even Reddit has a really big, long kind of comparison and thread and conversation about how the next step exams are the ones to get. Again, nextsteptestprep.com. Use that promo code MCATPOD to save 10% off. Have a great week. We'll see you next time here on the MCAT Podcast. This is MedEd Media.